I want to share with you a, a verse this morning uh, in Acts chapter 2. It's a verse that maybe you've heard before. Uh, the book of Acts is a history book. It's the story of the church immediately following Jesus' ascension into heaven and, and how they got it and how they survived and how this little church grew from, from just a few people into this large church uh, early on in the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 2, uh, beginning at ver- verse 42, we get a picture of what this church, what this community looked like, their characteristics and how they acted towards one another. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And as I read a verse like this, I can't help but wonder what could become of Genesis. You know, as we seek to follow God and to be the type of people that he wants us to be and then allow that to shape and to transform the way that we do church and what this community looks like, can we be like this church in Acts chapter 2? where people had everything in common and the most important being Jesus Christ as the Lord and the leader you know, of our lives and, and people making sacrifices for one another, giving of their time to each other, meeting in each other's homes and, and eating things like nachos and cheesecake together, all that kind of good stuff. You know, can we be that kind of community? Because there are other people who are not yet a part of Genesis who are looking for that. They're searching for that. They, they want to be a part of that type of, of community as well. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to do something a little different. Um, but I wanted to, I thought it'd be a great opportunity for us to just get to know each other a little bit better. Uh, you might know or, or remember, we've talked about the last couple of weeks that we're giving you an opportunity to share your story of what God's doing in your life. If you go to the bulletin, the worship program this morning, you can find an email address. The staff would love to hear what's, what's God doing in your life. How, how's he changing you? And then we're posting some of those stories to a blog for others to read. But what we're going to do over the next two weeks is a little different. I, I've got two people that I'm going to interview, one today and one next week. And it's just an opportunity for them to share with you what God has been doing in their life and how he's changing them. And I just think this is a great opportunity for us to celebrate Genesis and the people of Genesis. And so this morning we're going to start with Ashley Elliott. And Ashley is one of our high school students. I want to invite Ashley to come forward at this time. Hi, Ashley. Welcome Hi. to the Oprah Show. Have oh, a seat. Thank you. So, uh, this is Ashley Elliott, and some of you may know Ashley, and, and she's become, been coming to this uh, church for a little while now. But I, I just thought we'd start off just real simple, Ashley, and just have you tell us a little bit about you. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm Ashley. Um, I'm a senior. Yes. Senior. Last Carmel semester. Yes, yeah, one more semester. I'm 18. Um, going to IU next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, going to IU, just. Uh, Doing the high school thing, I yeah. guess. <laughs> so what's high school like come second semester, senior year? I mean, are, are you checked out or are you still dialed in? Be honest. Um, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Be honest. Yeah. I, I got a couple classes that are directly through IU, so you kind of got to focus a little more on those. But then I have, you know, a couple study halls, you know. Good stuff. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Uh, your family's here today. Ashley, yeah. why don't you introduce your family okay. to us? Um, uh, 
back there. Uh, my dad, Mike, is here. My mom. Come on, come on. Raise your, raise your hands up in my the air. Just, there. Oh, dad's Mom. filming over there. Yes, we got the <laughs> video camera. My sister's here, my sister Amy, and uh, my grandparents, I believe, are here, aunt and uncle. Great. Now, how long have you been coming to Genesis Church? It's going on three years. We've okay. been here for about three years. Three years. And what, what do you love most about Genesis? Wow. Um, I like a lot of things. I think, um, for me, one of my favorite things has been the youth group, getting to get involved with that. Um, smaller youth group that's able to get really close and get to know each other. So, yeah, cool. that's probably my favorite. And some of your homies are sitting down here yeah, in front, I aren't guess. they? All right. <laughs> yes. Uh, your job, you're working a job right now. Tell us what you're doing for, for, uh, to make some extra money. Yeah, I actually just started over winter break, but um, through school I've become fluent in American Sign Language. I don't know how many of you guys know that, but um, so I've started working with a company out of Indianapolis where I'm doing some interpreting and doing a lot with... Um, a video phone relay between deaf and hearing people. So doing a lot of community events yeah. and stuff like that. It's really cool. And you've given some thought to actually having that be one of your majors in college. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Great. To be able to share American Sign Language and the, uh, the blessings it's had on me. Sure. So. Now, Jesus has been a part of your life for a long time. But yeah. tell us a little bit about your, your spiritual journey and when you gave your life to, to Christ. Yeah. Um, I've grown up in a Christian home. We've gone to church since I was born. So um, the actual day that I first accepted Christ, um, I'm not really sure. It was around the age of kindergarten, first grade. Um, one of those, you just kind of raise your hand, don't really know what you're doing. But I kind of learned. And then um, through the years, I got baptized when I was eight. And um, then actually this past summer, when the youth group went to Big Stuff in Daytona, um, I actually recommitted my life there. And I also was able to get baptized in the ocean there. It was awesome nice. with the group. So. Good. Now, one of the reasons why I ask you to share with me today is because you had a pretty great experience this past fall. And uh, if you're a little uh, nervous or having second thoughts about being up here, you can blame telling me what right. you did this fall right. Uh, right. and that being a part of our story. <laughs> but you went to Belize uh, in November. It was actually your second trip to Belize. Uh, but tell, tell us a little bit, tell everyone how you got interested in serving in Belize. Uh, okay. Um, it's actually kind of a funny story. I've always been interested in helping people, especially kids, and always wanted to travel. So um, there was this one time at my old youth group, a group came and they said, we're going to be doing a walkathon and raising money for schools in Belize. And I said, mm, you know, that seems kind of cool. And I was, I was in sixth grade. So when they said that the prize for raising the most money was a cell phone, of course, I got involved. So nice. I ended up raising the most money and got a cell phone, and I was like, all right, I like this giving thing. Were you like the only sixth grader with a cell phone? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I was like the only one, and when they asked, eh, some Give time, Belize, get stuff, you know. right? That's right, how it works. Right, right. So kind of a mixed-up way to look at that and learn. But, um, so then they started looking for um, youth that were interested in Belize, and so they asked me and a, um, another friend to be on their board of directors for this organization called Cornelius Foundation International. And, that's, and they're based out of Carmel? They are, based okay. out of Indianapolis area. And um, so I got asked to be on their youth advisory board. Um, been on that board for, I think, going on about three, four years now. So, okay. Yeah. And you've actually made two trips to Belize now when you were 16 and then, again, this past fall. But I guess we should first start. Tell people where Belize is, because some people may yeah. have no idea. All right, Belize is just south of Mexico. It's just south of, like, the Yucatan Peninsula. Um, and it's just uh, east of Guatemala. I think so. I was reading on the Internet this morning, there are 170,000 people in yeah. Belize. So it's not that large of a country. No, the, the actual geographical size is uh, just smaller than Indiana. Okay. So it's 
pretty small country. And they're right on the Caribbean. Do you think they have some snow on the ground this morning? Or I do not. Probably not. I believe probably I looked not. and it's like 85 there today. Probably uncomfortable. Okay. Well, now I know we have some pictures uh, of your trip to Belize, but why don't you tell everyone exactly what it is that your group, while you were in Belize, maybe who was on your group, uh, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, we had, um, this year we had about 10 people go, um, and we did just a bunch of different things. Notice the sign there says, welcome back, Ashley. (laughs) Yes. Of course, that brought tears to my eyes as soon as I got back to the school, but um, yeah, it's an educational foundation, so we go down and visit a bunch of the schools, and they're they're faith-based, so... Um, these schools are all Roman Catholic, so we go in and do skits, and we do different um, things that they need us to do. We did painting, and we did passing out clothes and different things like that. Um, this year was a little unique. They had the worst flooding that they've had in about 30 years. So um, the water was quick rising. Homes were completely covered in water, and everything was destroyed. What little they had was gone. So this year we were able to go, and um, this is one of the houses in the picture right now that was really badly damaged. and. These people had nothing. They had 10 kids, and they had nothing. So um, we were able to bring different clothes and shoes and different things like that to them. Shoes to these kids that um, didn't even have a pair of shoes and were 10 years old and had never even owned their own pair of shoes. What, what's a typical family situation like in Belize? Um, typically, uh, instead of living with just like a mom, dad, and a few kids, it's usually grandparents, aunts, uncles, all kind of trying to live together and um, support each other. The parents usually either work in the agriculture area around there or way in the cities and off far away, but the schools are in the villages and different things like that. Now, as you interacted with the people, what, what, especially the children, what did you learn about them and, and what was it about you being there that, that made them excited or look forward to you coming back? Yeah, this picture actually I'll explain. It's kind of funny. This, um, this house we went to, and there's this little boy chilling in the bucket, and we're like, oh, that's cute. He's playing, you know, we play in the sprinklers, so he plays in a bucket. It's kind of the same idea. And then the mom said, he's taking a bath. And we're wow. like, oh. So it was kind of intimidating. It was kind of hard to think I have this big bath and jacuzzi and shower at home, and he's taking a bath in a bucket, even though there's a nice label that says, do not put babies in any area around a bucket. And <laughs> there they are. <laughs> but but. What, uh, what, what type of... What type of connections did you make with the kids, and why do you feel like it was so important for them to, ha- to have that time with you? Um, I think everything. It was just the kids are very loving and very wanting to come up and hold your hand and play a game with you and give you a hug. And um, They just taught me a lot about how they, I feel like we're all very me-centered here. A lot of the kids are, I want that, me, it's mine, that. And there they're like, here, you, you. It's all about you. And then um, it was just cool to see that love and that passion that they had it three, four, five years old, that um, it's a lot different. It's a lot, completely different atmosphere than here with the kids. Now, how many people made up your group that went down? This year, I think we had about, I think, 10. Okay. And there were, um, there was me and another youth, and then the rest were about, like, 25 and older. Old, so. old people? No. Is that what, oh, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, there was, the first year I went, um, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, um, they had a couple more youth. So this year was a lot more. Hard labor, so there was a lot more men and adults okay. to help out. <laughs> now, do you recall maybe a couple of specific stories that really had a great impact on you? Yeah, um, I think two of the most impactful stories were from the year that I went. The first year I went, um, some unique situations, I think, impacted that. And it was my first trip, mission trip, so um, that obviously impacted a lot. The, one of the really big ones was um, we had started supporting a school um, in a village called Yalbak. 
y'all come that. back, you know. <laughs> but it's way out in the middle of the jungle. They have like 15 students, and they meet in two different classrooms, grades like kindergarten through seventh grade, meet in two different classrooms. That's it. And um, these people had nothing. They were way out um, on the Guatemala-Belize border. Um, and so we, we wanted to go visit them. We wanted to be able to give them supplies that we had raised, and we weren't sure that we were even going to be able to make it all the way out there in this rickety old van that we had. And so um, we started planning, and there, it was raining the night before we were leaving, and um, our driver said, you know, that's, a, that's an all-mud road. There's no way we're going to be able to make it through that mud road all the way, all the way out into the jungle. It's not going to happen. And we're, you know, starting to get frustrated and to get upset. You know, we really want to reach these people. We want to, we want to do this, and um, we want to help out. So, of course, we want to go. And um, that night, you know, we're all trying to figure out, okay, well, we can't go. Can we send the supplies with someone? Should we go back the next day? You know, kind of trying to have a backup plan. And um, then we hear this car coming up the driveway of where we're staying, and we're all like, what's going on? It's like 11 o'clock at night. They're out in the middle of the dark in the jungle. Probably not the safest idea. So they're saying, they come up, and they're like, you guys have to go to y'all back tomorrow. And we're like, well, yeah, we want to. We don't think we're going to be able to make it with all the rain. And they're saying, no, 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 you don't understand. You have to go. They really need your supplies. These kids don't have anything. They don't have pens and paper. They don't have backpacks. They have nothing. And so we're all like, okay. So those people stay the night with us, and we wake up the next morning hoping that it's dried up. And sadly enough, it had rained even more through the night. So we're starting to get even more let down that we're just not going to be able to make it. And then um, they come that morning, and they say, all right, let's go. And we're like, we can't, you know, it's raining, the roads, whatever. And they say, no, you don't understand. Um, the parents of this school, of these 15 students, have been up all night. And we're like, oh, no, we really want to go and meet them. And they say, no, you don't understand even more. They went out and covered that entire mud road with rocks and um, twigs. And as you can see in the picture, they did that all the way to the school, which was like a 20-minute drive. So these people walked it all night, stayed up all night doing this. Um, just so that our van could make it. And so, I mean, we still had to get out and walk for a lot of it, as you can see, but um, that was the first show of compassion and, um, towards us. That they were doing it for us. We were trying to go help them. Was a, We thought we were going to help. I was going to do this. Hi, I, I. And then they did that for us, and that just was a really cool, unique moment that they cared more about us and about meeting us than they did the actual supplies. That's great. So now you told me about another story where you really sensed God's protection and yes. his guidance over your group. Yeah, there was um, an area, it's called Zumnantinich. Don't even try to spell it. It's, I don't know, it's a big Mayan ruin there, and it's, it's absolutely beautiful. It's the area that um, in your science bo- or social studies books, if you see Mayan ruins, that's probably the picture you've seen. It's huge, and it's beautiful. So we had a day where the schools, it was like a Saturday, they didn't have school. So we're like, all right, well, why don't we go visit Zunetinich? We've never been there. So uh, we drive this like 45-minute drive all the way to here, and we get to this, um, this boat ferry. Um, it's like a crank boat. And they said uh, we would just get our car on it, and we'd go across, and we'd walk about a mile, and then we'd be at the ruins. And um, so we get to the, pull up to this bridge, and we're all excited. We're going to finally see the ruins. And um, the guy says, I'm sorry, we can't fit that big van on there. And we're like... All right, so we meet in our group, and we're like, okay, are we going to walk? Are we going to do this? And as we're waiting, like, school bus-sized fans come around us, and they go on this thing, go across, and we're like, okay. And then we go, okay, well, we'll just walk. So just put all of us on the boat, take us across, and then we'll just walk. And then they said, we can't take that many people over. 
And we said, okay. So we get back in our group, and we're trying to figure out. Meanwhile, like 50 people come and go across, and we're like, all right, apparently it's because we're American. I don't know. They just don't like us. They don't want us to go. And then we're like, okay, fine. We'll go in two different groups, and we'll get there. We'll walk. It'll be fine. So we go there. We go at half a group. We say, okay, only six of us will go. And they say, I'm sorry we've had to close down the park. And we're like, are you serious? After all this, fine. So we, we change our plans, go do some different other things, and we head back to uh, the village where we were staying. And we're having dinner, and we're, we're sitting there. And being the Americans that we are, all we're doing is complaining about how upset we were. We didn't get to go to Zantanich. You come all the way to Belize, and you don't get to go there. Complain, complain, complain. And then um, they said, well, you know, what time were you there? Like, well, we got there at 9, and the whole thing ended. We ended up leaving about 9.30. And they said, well, didn't you hear what happened there this morning? And we're like, yeah, they didn't let us through. And they're like, no, 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 you didn't hear what happened at 9.15 this morning. And we're like, at 9.15, that's why we were there. And they said, um, you, guys, you guys should be happy. You shouldn't be complaining. And we're like, why? We didn't get to go. And they said, uh, there was a gang fight just inside that door um, where we would have had to walk. There was a gang fight where um, a few people were shot and a few people were stabbed and people were killed, um, innocent people that weren't even in the gangs were killed. And so as a person that was complaining the whole time to realize that we weren't getting in because this guy didn't want us to go in, we were getting, not getting in because God was protecting us, and he didn't want us going over there and having to deal with that. So it was just a cool moment to know that um, we don't always see the bigger picture, and both of these stories uh, taught me that you know God has the upper hand on all of this, and he knew what was going to happen, and he knew the whole time, and it was just a really experience i nothing like it <laughs> and he provi- he's provided all along the way for you i mean you you not able to get into he provided the money for you to go and the opportunity mm-hmm. to be away from school for that many days and then uh protection while you're there um, ashley what what did god do in you in belize that's changing the way that you live today how long do we have oh, i'm <laughs> just kidding um i think everything i i don't think that i came back from belize the same person that i did when i left um it taught me so much about um, who I am as a person, what I want to be, and um, how I should strive to live. You know, um, there's this huge rep, I'm sure you guys are aware of it, that um, 18-year-olds that go to Carmel High School or live in Hamilton County, there's a rep that goes with that and a stereotype. And um, no matter what I do, it feels like you can never live that down. We're the lazy teenagers that get everything that our parents, mommy and daddy, can buy us, you know. And um, so to go to a country where... um, you know, Americans obviously don't have the same have the same stereotype. It was it was hard to know that I have so much stuff, and um, I'm so blessed. And um, even when I feel like I'm not, God has His hands right there. And um, I just learned to be more grateful for those things, and to be more loving and compassionate, and to use my gifts. And I feel like um, one thing that He changed me from now and for forever is to know that I'm not blessed to you know show it off, or to, I'm not blessed and just to be better than someone else. He blesses us in order to bless others. And um, that's just something that I really learned and um, has really impacted how I want to live today. Um, and, like, for my future, I think he, it impacted me a lot because um, before, you know, I wanted to be a teacher and a stay-at-home mom, and I wanted to do this, and I wanted to own my own company, you know, all these different goals I had. And after going there... Um, that's a lot of different jobs you were going to yeah, do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had no idea. I had no idea what I was going to do. So, and then I think through that, God um, kind of shined a light on something different. And so now um, I'm going to IU to major in public and nonprofit management. 
Um, my goal is to be an executive director of a nonprofit group. And I don't think, had I seen that firsthand, I would have ever considered that or thought about that. And so I think um, seeing these people and saying, I want to come back, I want to do this more, I want to be a part of this and be a part of their lives impacted me now and for the future. I, I've appreciated Ashley and just her maturity and all of this that, you know, even as we talked a little bit about what you've experienced and how it's changed you, that, you know, while God has really opened your eyes to the resources that he's given you, it hasn't come with a great sense of guilt, like, wow, you know, I shouldn't have all this stuff or I should be living in poverty, but that, no, God has blessed me for a reason. Like, he's mm -hmm. blessed me to prepare me to be used for something else, and whether it be at school or at IU or down the road in the future, and that you're, you've readied yourself for that. You're, you're yeah. prepared. You're at least, you think, you know, you're prepared for that. <laughs> Try, you know, yeah. what's God going to bring you? I guess the last question that I would ask you then, Ashley, and this is kind of a question for you to kind of address to your family, uh, Genesis Church. Based on what you've learned, if you could say one thing to all of your friends here today, what challenge would you leave them with? I think the biggest thing... Um, that I would challenge you guys with is um, finding something that truly makes you happy and finding something that makes you feel a purpose. Um, I think that we kind of have this um, wrong idea of being happy here, you know, finding something that makes you happy, you know, whether it be hanging out with your friends, eating pizza, going to a Colts game, you know, those make us happy. But um, I think there's a completely different happiness and joy um, when you actually make your heart happy. And um, I think that that it varies for each one of us. We have a different aspect for that. For me, it's when those little kids smile, when I'm able to give them a pack of crayons or a pair of shoes, and it makes their whole week and their whole life, you know, and they're telling everybody. It just, that makes me happy. And I know that um, for other people, it could be something different. They could be doing the kids' ministry or passing out bagels or handing out brochures, you know, something that makes you happy. And I don't think um, that we need to, f we should feel a calling for that and feel a purpose in that. Um, and I'm not up here to say, you know, I'm 18, so I can travel all around the world in the next couple of years. But I think wherever you are and I think whatever gifts God's given you, you can use those. And you can use, you know, whether you're 90 or 18 or whether you have money, whether you don't. There's something for everyone to make your heart happy and to feel purpose. There's something, too. When, when Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life and when you start serving, as he's asked us to do, it's almost like something's unleashed inside of you that begins to to make some sense of things and to answer some questions in your life and to really maybe bring some significance that oftentimes a lot of people are searching for. So, Ashley, I want to thank you for your story. Yeah. I'd like to pray for you, sure. and, uh, and then we'll continue. Yeah. Dear God, I just want to thank you for Ashley. Um, I want to thank you for her story, Lord, and for how you've been working in her life. Uh, for her parents, Lord, and for her family who have raised her in the church and raised her to know you and how you've just continued to grow her and to move in her uh, and to do great things in her life. I want to thank you for this opportunity that she had to go to Belize, Lord. And I know that oftentimes we think that when we go somewhere, we're going there for someone else's benefit. But we know that you took Ashley to Belize because you had some things that you wanted to teach her. And uh, we're excited about that work that's happening in her now uh, for her present and for her future. And I just pray, God, that you would continue working in her life, that you would just work out whatever it is that you want to do. And I pray that she would always follow you, God, and serve you and commit her life to you uh, no matter what may come her way. Uh, thanks again for her story. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, let's give Ashley a hand. Thanks, Ashley.
the, the point really is this. It's just an opportunity to get to know each other. And you may be sitting there thinking, well, I haven't gone to Belize, you know, so I don't really have a story worth sharing. No, that, that's not the case. I, we're all fascinating people with stories about what God's doing in our life or what he has done, um, the, the journeys we've taken. You, you have no idea how your story might benefit someone else or how your story or your journey might be the answer uh, to someone else's question. But there was one thing that I took away from Ashley's testimony that I felt like was just a great challenge to me and a great challenge and a reminder to all of us this morning. And I just wanted to share that with you uh, in Second Corinthians. Uh, chapter 5, verse 20, especially as we think about significance and as we think about purpose. And, you know, I know that those are words that are easily tossed around, but it's true. I mean, there are, there are people today, you're sitting right here in this room that, that want to know that you're, you're making a, a contribution to this world, that, that things add up, that it all is going to make sense in the end, that you have a part in all of this. And I was just reminded of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, when Paul writes and he says, we are Therefore, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. I mean, let those words just sink in for a moment and feel the weight of such a responsibility and of such a purpose. We, you and I, followers of Jesus Christ, we are his ambassadors here on this earth, in Noblesville, in Westfield, in Carmel, in Fishers, in Hamilton County, in central Indiana, wherever we go, you and I represent Christ Jesus. Uh, An ambassador represents a, a nation or a country. We represent Jesus Christ. And what is God doing through us today? He is making his appeal to the rest of the world through you and me. It's his appeal of love and of grace and of forgiveness and significance that it all adds up, that it will all make sense in the end. That is the message that Jesus Christ, that God is communicating through you and me in our life and in our living. And it might mean that God may one day call you to a place like Belize or he may send you overseas to Africa or to the Middle East. And when he does that, and if he does that, you'll know that that's pretty intentional that God is taking you to those foreign places to be his ambassador to those people. Or he might do something dramatic in you and you might leave your your job and and serve in a ministry here in Hamilton County or in Indiana somewhere. And when those types of things happen, it's pretty obvious that God wants to use you to be his ambassador. But it's not always that obvious. But, But sometimes God has a knack at putting just the right person and their locker next to us in our high school hallway because he wants us to build a relationship with that person. Or he can work things in such a way that your lab partner is more than just someone who's going to help you with that chemistry assignment, but instead it's a person that he's looking forward to you having some significance on what they're thinking and what they're walking through in life. Uh, Maybe it's a teammate. Maybe it's your college roommate. You know, even in the mix of, of the college roommate process and that lottery of lining two people up that God is big enough to work in such a minute detail to put just the right person in your life so that you can be an ambassador to them. Or it's the stay-at-home mom who lives next door to you that's ready and available every day and you get an opportunity to share with them. Or it's the guy that you're working with the project on uh, in the office right now. And he's put just the two of you together at just the right time for just the right reason. Or it's your husband, it's your wife, And God's called you to be an ambassador to that person 
so that he can reveal himself through you to them that they might find hope and find life. You know, the mission of this church is to help people find their way back to God. And I believe that God's going to do it through you and me. He's going to do it through us as we share our stories, as we get to know each other, as we share of the love of Jesus Christ and all that we do and how he's changed us. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Lord God, I again just want to thank you for Ashley and for her testimony this morning, Lord. But um, God, I want to thank you for uh, just her challenge to each and every one of us. And that is to find something uh, that gives us purpose. Find something that gives us significance. Uh, Find a contribution that we can make to this world, Lord, that has eternal uh, significance. God, I pray right now because I know that there's the possibility that some are sitting there thinking, well, I will never go to Belize or... You know, I've lived too many years of my life. I've made too many wrong decisions, Lord. There's, there's nothing that I can do to be that ambassador that you want us to be. God, would you remind us this morning that it's only by your grace and your mercy and your strength working through us to make a difference in someone else's lives, in someone else's life. And, and God, I pray um, that you would just remind us this morning that you want to use us in all circumstances And there may be some people here today that are walking through some junk right now in their life and all they can help but think is I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. There's no reason to be here. God, would you speak to their heart this morning and remind them that maybe it's in this junk right now that you most want to use them. God, would you put a face on our minds? Would you put a face on our heart, a name on our heart, Lord, of someone that maybe we can reach out to right now? But God, would you show us what it means to be an ambassador and would you help us to share your love with others? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.